You're listening to the Mission Gathering Thornton Message Podcast, a weekly show of our Sunday sermons that give you a way to connect with God, grow in faith, and find wholeness. Thanks for joining us. Here's the message. I am one of those people who likes to exercise. Even if I'm tired or feeling worn out, I often find that going for a walk, doing some resistance training, or going for a bike ride will leave me feeling energized, feeling better about life, to be honest. It helps me kind of clear my head. Now, I know there's some people who uh, you just don't like exercise at all, and any kind of any kind of thing that looks and smells like exercise is just not fun to you. And going to the gym, even before COVID, was nowhere near your, your idea of fun. And you found you find other ways to be active. Uh, but whether you're a fitness freak or a homebody, chances are you don't like the treadmill. Now, obviously, a lot of the reasons why people don't like the treadmill is because it's hard. Sticking to any kind of fitness routine, walking, running consistently, whatever, it's hard. And people don't like hard. I don't like hard, let's be honest. I don't like hard. Uh, But even the serious runners often don't like the treadmill uh, for different reasons. One, it can kind of of mess with your running gait is the word, kind of how how your feet land and how you run, how your running form. It can also like lead to injuries because it's just kind of tedious. And that tediosity, if, if that's a word, can be like a third reason people hate the treadmill. One joke I was seeing online was some guy was like, hey, I looked down at the treadmill 20 minutes into my run and found that only 43 seconds had passed. Now, obviously, that's an exaggeration. Uh, but back, back when I was running a lot, I actually enjoyed the treadmill. I, I could find that I could crank out five or six miles pretty easily as long as I had something you know, on TV to watch or, or a podcast to listen to. I could find my groove, get it in a rhythm, and just run, and I, and I enjoyed it. Uh, but I hate the elliptical machine. I know there's a lot of people who like the elliptical machine. I hate the elliptical machine. <laughs> and it's like this kind of like thing. I'm like, that's not natural. And like, that's a natural form. And the same thing about like seconds feeling like hours on the, on the treadmill is kind of how I felt on the elliptical machine. Now, uh, most of us find the treadmill also a little bit problematic because it's, it's this metaphor for life in a way. Like this, any situation that's boring, tedious, or unpleasant is like, feels like being on a treadmill. And we'll say things like, oh, I'm, I, I'm in the soulless existence or the soulless treadmill of existence. Or we might say, I'm on this treadmill, treadmill of life going nowhere. Or, you know, we just use this kind of treadmill metaphor for anything that feels like we're putting in more and more effort, but going nowhere. Because that's, that's what the treadmill is. You're literally running and running and running, literally going nowhere. And, you know, I don't know about you, uh, but as I reflect on this year of 2020 and think about here we are already in the month of September. I mean, can you believe that? September, like think back in March. It felt like the month of March was just this endless month. And now we're already in September. It's It's shocking. Like we're, and we're, you know, we're, we're nearly like toward the latter end of September. It's just mind blowing. And I wonder like, where has it all went? And I don't know about you, but for me, so much of this summer, spring, you know, smorgasbord of time has just felt like me scrambling, trying to keep up with the chaos, the changes, 
you know, the disruption happening all around me. And I mean, here at church, it's been, you know, trying to figure out like back in the spring, like when do we shut down? And then trying to figure out like, where are we going to film from? And then having to move and figuring out how we're going to do this whole thing online for a long extended period of time. At home, it's been equally chaotic with, you know, my wife's an ER nurse, so she's had to deal with some of the stress and anxiety of seeing COVID firsthand up close. There's also the reality that I'm stuck at home with two kids, two young kids a lot of the time, and, you know, trying to homeschool. Like, homeschooling is no joke, and it's, I could spend an entire message talking about how we put our families and our parents in this impossible situation of trying to homeschool and trying to work and educate their children. It's just, it's bad news. It's, it's really hard. And as I see the tragedy, the protests, the unrest that has unfolded throughout this spring and summer, I've wondered, am I doing enough? As a pastor, as a parent, as a husband, as a member of society. And perhaps like me, you've seen all this going on. And as you've tried to navigate the changes brought on by COVID, you've been trying to deal with and, and, and have the, being the right participation, being a part of the social unrest and, and being on the right side and doing the right thing. And you've seen all this come to you and, and your work and your family. I'm sure there's days where you, like me, you go to bed just exhausted. And you wake up just as tired only to slog through another day just to do it over and over and over again, feeling worn out, beat down, and just plain tired. And despite all your efforts, despite all your labor, you feel like you're running on a treadmill, going nowhere in life. And what can we do? Because I'm sure, like me, you felt that way, like we're making no progress, going nowhere in life. So what can we do when we find ourselves feeling like we're stuck on the treadmill of life? Running and striving and working and laboring and wearing ourselves out. I mean, I don't know about you, but there are times that I just feel worn out. And I'm working and I'm striving and I'm running, and I'm trying, but I feel like I'm going nowhere, making no progress, just wearing myself out. So what do we do? Where can we go from here? Well, this is where I find God's words helpful, and, and specifically some words that the Apostle Paul wrote. So Nellis kicked off this series for us last week. We're talking about living with purpose. And, and this week, I want to talk about running with purpose. And I want to look at some words from the Apostle Paul, who, who wrote a lot of the New Testament as we know it. And he has some words that I think are meaningful for us. But, but interestingly enough, the Apostle Paul often wrote using athletic metaphors. And there's some thought that he was inspired him and other New Testament writers were, were inspired by the ancient Olympic Games and different sorts of games and athletic events that took 
place throughout the ancient world. Uh, but again and again throughout the New Testament, we find these calls not to run in, not to run in vain, to finish the race, to fight the good fight. In, in this section of Scripture we'll be reading from today, from the book of Philippians, what was originally a letter of Paul written to the church in the city of Philippi, we find similar language. So I want to read from you, and you're welcome to follow along here with me from the book of Philippians chapter 2. Paul says, God is the one who enables you both to want and to actually live out his good purposes. He says, do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may be blameless and pure, innocent children of God, surrounded by people who are crooked and corrupt. Among these people shine like the stars of the world because you hold on to the word of life. This will allow me to say on the day of Christ that I haven't run for nothing or worked for nothing. It's those latter words that stand out to me. I haven't ran for nothing or worked for nothing. Some translations say it a different way. I did not run or labor in vain. Because of Jesus, because of the example of Jesus, his faithfulness, his humbleness, Paul would be able to say at the end, I haven't ran, I haven't worked in vain. I haven't worked for nothing. It's been worth it. Isn't that what we all want in life? To be able to say, like, what I did mattered? What I did had value, that it made a difference? To say, as Paul said elsewhere, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. At the end of our day, at the end of our week, at the end of our year, we want to see some results for our efforts, right? To feel like we've made some progress, like we've done the right thing, and at least made a small, at least a small difference in, in our family, in our community, maybe even in our world. So how do we do that? How do we do that? How can we get to the end and feel like, even if it's the end of our day, the end of our week, feel like we've made a difference. What we've done has mattered. It hasn't been in vain. Well, I think, I think if I can be so bold, it's kind of simple. We just have to run our race to say with that athletic metaphor. A couple of weeks ago, I was interviewing Dr. Stephanie Rose Spaulding, a pastor and activist in Colorado Springs, and I'd, I'd recommend you check out her work with the Truth and Conciliation Commission. She's doing some great work, her and her team, on bringing about truth and conciliation to our nation. But I was interviewing her for the Future Christian Podcast, and I asked her how white suburbanites can be better accomplices accomplishes a seat, she uses the word, in the struggle for social justice and racial conciliation. Now, to my complex and pretty 
complicated question. She gave a rather simple response. She said, what do you have in your hands? What do you have in your hands? Now, I know obviously right now I have a Bible in my hands, but I was thinking about that. What do I have in my hands? What do you have in your hands? It's simple, yet so profound, and it reminded me of the story of the feeding of the 5,000. Do you remember that story? It's in, it's in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the story goes that the disciples and Jesus are out with a, a multitude of people, and it's around dinner time. they're hungry, and no one has any food. And the disciples are, they have no idea what to do. And all of a sudden, there's this boy, and he has five loaves and two fishes, and he says, hey, can you use this? Now, if you grew up in church, you probably heard the story, and you know what happens next. All are fed. Jesus takes this little amount, blesses it, breaks it, and shares it with the multitude. It's kind of a nice kind of precursor, many people think, or pre-image of communion, the Lord's Supper. Jesus takes a little bit and shares it with all. Like That's God's generosity lived out. But all are fed. All are filled, and there's still much remaining. Pastor Stephanie said that it's the same thing with us. If we take what is in our hands and we give to God to bless it and to break it and to make a difference in our world, God will multiply it. So I want to ask you the same question that Pastor Stephanie asked me. What's in your hands? What is in your hands? What unique gift, talent, ability, or opportunity, no matter how big or how small, and hear me on this, I think in our moment, in our time, we feel like if we're going to do something, it has to go viral, it has to be big, it has to be humongous, it has to, has to, has to get discovered everywhere. But that's, that's not how God thinks, that's not how God feels. What do you have in your hand? I mean, if we look back to the book of Philippians, what God honors, what God honors is sacrifice, humility, humbleness. That's what God honors, and that's what we worship. If we read in Philippians chapter 2, just before the text we read, Jesus is praised as being, though he was not in the form of God, he did not consider being equal with God as something to exploit. But Philippians 2, 7, he humbled himself, taking the form of a slave and becoming like human beings. If you read the rest of that dramatic, wonderful poem of praise, we read of Jesus being magnified, being glorified because his sacrifice, his humility, his humbleness. If I can go back to the running metaphor again, you've got to run your race. If you've ever ran a race, even if it's a simple 5K or a 
high school cross country meet or maybe you're one of those more competitive runners so you go out and do those really competitive elite races. But if you've ever run a race or watched a race or know anything about running, you know you've got to run at your pace. If you start out too fast, by the end, you're going to be tired out. You're not going to have enough energy, enough stamina to finish the race strong. That being said, if you start out the race too slow and stay too slow, you're going to get to the end of the race and feel like you had more in the tank. And when you're trying to compete, when you're trying to do the best you can, that doesn't do you any good. You want to have expended it all on the race course. So just as in life as it is in running, you've got to run your race. I have got to run my race. We have got to run our race, doing our part, doing what we can do. And when, we, when, when you do your part, when I do my part, we will find ourselves at the end of our week, at the end of this year, even I believe at the end of this life, our lives, echoing the words of the Apostle Paul. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. I have fought a good fight. You know, in my quiet moments, which, to be honest, are few and far between, but in my quiet moments, when I take a moment to pause and reflect on what this year has been, and I know the year's not over, but as we enter this school year, it feels like, you know, we're in this time of transition. And, that, and as I pause to reflect on what's been the spring and the summer, as I reflect on who I am, where I've come from, what I've done, I find myself at peace, to be honest. Now, it's not that I don't think that I've made mistakes, not that there isn't things I wish I could do differently, but rather, I believe that I've done the best I can with the cards that I've been dealt. I've done the best with what's in my hands. I've run my race. When we follow Jesus, when we trust in God's presence, when we stay faithful to what God has for us, I believe that we will be able to say, I have run with purpose. I know that everybody is saying, woe is 2020. What a horrible year. We can't wait for it to be over. Whatever. And I get it. I get it. I get it. But don't let 2020 be a lost year. Don't let the narrative that 2020 has been an awful year become your narrative. I mean, think about it. 2020 can be the year that we in America begin to really address racial inequality. I mean, wow. If we can do that, we would look back on 2020 like, wow, what a year it was. 2020 can be the year you strengthen your relationships 
with your family and with your loved ones. I mean, think about all this time we have with our loved ones. We can look back in 2020 and be like, wow, this is when my relationship really took root. 2020 can be the year that you finally start to run your race. Despite the pandemic, despite the challenges, despite the unrest, I believe this year can be our best year, can be your best year, as we respond in patience and perseverance to run the race that God has set in front of us, to use what is in our hands. So I invite you to think about this today. To run with purpose, to run with passion, to use what is in your hands and run your race. I want to take a minute right now and to pray for you and to pray for me as we run our race. So I welcome you to join me wherever you're at in a spirit of prayer. God, as I think about and reflect on this year that has been and even what lies ahead of us, as I reflect on the chaos and what feels like craziness, the, the unrest, the uncertainty over what has been and what will be, how so much of 2020 has been horrible, but how if we use what is in our hands, if how we run our race, it can be a year of purpose and progress. God, I pray for our watchers and our listeners and our viewers. I pray for me, for my family, for this church, that we would run our race, that we would live with purpose and run the race that you have set in front of us. May it be so, God. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mission Gathering Thornton Message Podcast. You can watch our weekly services on Facebook Live every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And to learn more about joining a group or serving with us, visit our website at mgthornton.org.